All right, welcome to the crew show, everybody. January the 15th, 9 p.m. on the West Coast, midnight on the East Coast. The wild card weekend games have come and they have gone. And now it's time for the divisional round, and we're down to the final eight. Four teams in the AFC, four teams in the NFC. And uh, the Niners, of course, will take on Green Bay next Saturday night at Levi's. And of course, we're back with you, courtesy of Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week in both spots from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. or until they run out. Pig and a Pickle, check them out. And, of course, we're also brought to you by MarinAutoglass.com, 415-883-3030. Not to mention... We are also brought to you by both Underdog Fantasy and Mojo Fantasy. And check that link in the description. Use the promo code KRUG, K-R-U-E-G, and they will match you up to your first $100. All right. Uh, Kev's in the house from now, Polly. Kev, good to see you. Um, <laughs> people saying that, uh, uh, you know, Butthead says, Lombardi's live. Right now, since Larry is lazy, LOL. Oh, come on, easy, butthead. <laughs> Bucko Sports is Lombardi, Shannon, KMBR are all live right now. Larry is scared. Does this face look scared? Uh, no. What would, no. You, what would you be scared of? I'm not really sure. We beat all those all those channels routinely. Butthead says, Larry waiting on everyone to end their shows to hog all the viewers back. LOL. Oh, come on. Damn, they, what is, is there like a controversy going on right now? I don't <laughs> What's know. What's going on? I, I don't know what people are talking about. I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but thank you to everybody who's in the chat right now. And hit like and subscribe. And that helps more people find uh, the show, find the live stream in the algorithm if you hit like. Um, so if everybody could hit like, just take that time and click the like button. We'll boost the stream uh, to the stratosphere and blow everybody out of the water. Um, kind of the way the Eagles got blown out of the water tonight. And then, of course, if you hit subscribe and click that notification bell, every time we go live, you will uh, get a chance to get that alert on your phone saying, hey, man, Krug's going live. And you don't have to miss any of the content from the Krug show. It is not Wednesday night. It's Monday night. But Kev's in the house anyway because we thought we would do a one-hour uh, wild card weekend recap and kind of tease the week ahead. Um, and so Kev's already put the, uh, the the link in the chat. Feel free to jump in via the video calls if you'd like. Um, and there you go. <laughs> Jay Mills says, Larry's scared of the season ending and have nothing to do with his spare time. Uh, believe me, there will always be something to do with our spare time last year when the season ended we jumped in subs by about five thousand subs or ten thousand subs because we jump right into uh postseason mode free agency the draft and everything that surrounds the 49ers and nobody covers the draft better than yours literally street. everything everything <laughs> see like during the season you don't have time to pick up every story because there's just too many there's like oh this person said that that person said this in the in the off season you're hitting everything everything you're getting everything 
mock drafts and all kinds of streaming and we'll cover free agency start to finish and we'll cover the rest of the football season start to finish and the coaching hires and who's going where and who's you know what's the niner pivot point if they fall short but i don't expect them to fall short i really feel like this is their year mf says what happened to patrick connor he got out of the business i think he's selling steel on the peninsula but we could hook up with pecan again i uh, love pecan great guy all right, Kev, why don't we, uh, you want to lead the way? Go ahead. You can pick the topics and we'll hit a couple topics and we'll do some video calls. And I've got some thoughts on Niners Packers that I want to share with the audience. Uh, but what do you want to get to? What's number well, one on the list from uh, I don't San have Luis a, Obispo? I don't have a set list. Well, first, uh, the link is pinned in the chat. So at the top of the chat, you can get the call-in link if you want to call in and uh, give your opinions. But uh, I don't really have a set topics. I mean, I just thought we'd review the weekend. Um, obviously, it started. I mean, you kind of did this this morning, but obviously, it started off with the Browns Texans game. Not a lot of implications for the 49ers. Um, just a great game by CJ Stroud, Stroud and a great team that the Texans are building so quickly. Um, and the trade that they made with the Browns. I mean, is that not is not just is that not just a full circle moment playing the Browns after making that trade? And just seeing the team that they were able to build with all those acquired draft picks. I mean, it's Nick Casario, the former, the former GM of the Patriots. Um, what that guy has done in Houston is nothing short of miraculous. Um, you know, I, I thought we would never see another Herschel Walker trade again. And Casario goes there and he makes the Deshaun Watson trade. Um, th- that was the, the, that was the biggest heist in the history of the league. That might be, that makes the, the, uh, you know, Herschel Walker trade look downright fair. I mean, listen to this haul that the Texans got for Deshaun Watson, Will Anderson stud defensive end tank Dell, their best young receiver, John Mechie, another terrific receiver, Christian Harris, only the MVP of the game this weekend. Uh, Alabama linebacker who's everywhere, just absolutely everywhere. He can sack the quarterback. He can cover backs out of the backfield. He can he can cover the tight end up the seam. I mean, Christian Harris is big time. Damian Pierce, starting running back. Kenyon Green, starting offensive guard. Xavier Hutchinson, backup wide receiver. Thomas Booker, backup defensive lineman, former Stanford Cardinal. Brandon Hill. Hard-hitting uh, safety, backup safety, maybe a future starter. Right now, and they have a 2024 first and a 2024 third. I mean, that's that's an unbelievable haul. They have six starting caliber players and three reserves and a first and a third in the upcoming draft. I mean, Cesario, absolutely. Uh, picks are just picks unless you make it happen in the draft, and he got picks and made it happen in the draft. Uh, CJ Stroud and Will Anderson at the top of the draft. Tremendous. And this trade and those picks um, have vaulted the Texans into their, the up and coming team in the AFC. And if they went to Baltimore next week and knocked off the Ravens, wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, CJ Stroud is playing amazing. If imagine what they would be if tank Dell were healthy. It's amazing. And not only that, they've got a collection of defensive ends. Derek Barnett um, is is absolutely balling. 
Um, there's no doubt Will Anderson is really, really special. Jonathan Greenard is 265 and comes flying off the edge. He's 26 years old. The, the, the Texans put a ton of pressure on your offensive tackles on defense. And then they've got big-time guys like Derek Stingley on the back end. So, I mean, it's a rush-and-cover game, and they can rush, and they can cover. And then they've got big weapons on offense, even without Tank Dell. So, and a, and a star left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. The Texans are for real. They're not getting it done with smoke and mirrors. It's not all C.J. Stroud. They're loaded, and it shows. And they're just, right now, um, they're scary. And if there was one theme from this weekend, it was the youth is being served all around the league. The youngest players in the league on every team are pretty much leading the way. And you saw it in that Houston game. Stroud was awesome. 274 yards, three touchdowns, wasn't sacked once. Um, you know, they ran it effectively. Brevin Jordan is another super fast, flexed out tight end. He had a 76-yard touchdown. He's got Dalton Schultz. He's got Nico. He's got Brevin Jordan, John Mechie, Robert Woods, Singletary, Pierce. I mean, um, Stroud has got good weapons, and they're all, he, that the arrow is pointing straight up on the Texans. Maybe not Dallas, but Houston is going to own the state of Texas for the next five or six years. I mean, it's the power of the quarterback, is it not? The most important position in any sport is the quarterback. It's it's just such a it is such an important part of of of, of football. And in that trade, it was Deshaun Watson. I mean, it wasn't necessarily like they got C.J. Stroud from that trade, right? It, that wasn't included in the trade, no. that, that pick. But you have C.J. Stroud, and they have Deshaun Watson. And the Texans are on the up, and the Browns are kind of on the down. I mean, the Browns still made the playoffs. They were, what, 11-5 and five or 11-6, and six, so still a good team. They still, I, I think they well overperformed what they, what they should have done this year with P.J. Walker and Joe Flacco. Are you kidding me? I mean, they still overperformed, but, I mean, you, you're you're a you're a happy you're a happy guy if you're a if you're a Texans fan. Um, Where was Miles Garrett in this game? By the way, Miles Garrett was as all, good as anybody all year, and he totally disappeared in this game. The, the Browns had one guy that showed up on defense, and his name is Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. He had nine tackles, eight of them were solo, four tackles for loss. He flew around and made play after play after play after play. Cream Hunt's got a ton of heart as a runner, as a receiver. He did his part, but Flacco wasn't any good. And Amari Cooper is physically not 100%. And the Browns' offensive line kind of fell apart as the year went on. That was a huge surprise. It's amazing, really, if you think about it, they went 11-6 and six because their defense was awesome. And Flacco had a nice save to their year. But their offensive line was putrid this year. And um, still, the Browns found a way. So... I like the Browns' future. They were really good on all three levels. But, man, 45 points by the Texans against the number one defense in football. That was something to behold. Um, I'll just touch on this game real quickly because probably, you know, this is not super exciting. But, you know, the Chiefs just dominated the Dolphins. And that was one of the games I definitely got wrong this weekend. I thought, you know, I don't know. I just thought that the Chiefs weren't the same team, but it's it's pretty apparent that with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, something special's happening. And just the Dolphins, 
their effort was not there yet. It's the cold weather, man. I mean, it hurts to hit. And you could see there's a, there's a viral play where Mahomes just ran through two defenders who basically were like, like it was practice. Like it was a no contact practice. Like there was, there was just no effort to make any tackles in that game. The Dolphins folded. Um, they're hurt. They're, I mean, there was no Jerome now. Baker. There was no Van Ginkle. They lost Jalen Phillips. They lost Bradley Chubb. They had to sign Bruce Irvin and Justin Houston literally on Tuesday before the playoff game. It's a Russian cover game on defense. They had zero sacks um, of Mahomes. And, you know, they also, I thought the in-season hard knocks was a bad decision by them. Um, and you know, it was, it was freezing, which negated some of their speed. Uh, and, and, and the reality is Tua's is not the guy. And I've seen some stories where, uh, some GMs, Mike Sando has a piece out right now, um, saying, you know, quoting some anonymous NFL general managers saying that Miami's best game plan this off season is to trade Tua to a quarterback needy team and go sign Kirk cousins. And I agree with it. If I were them, I would do exactly that. I'd go sign Kirk Cousins, and I would trade to a tag of Iowa. He, he he doesn't read coverage. He's not durable. Uh, he's not mobile. I mean, what? I mean, I, I he was accurate at Alabama. I don't see what he does well in the NFL. I mean, that guy's so overrated. And it's pretty clear that if you can take away his first read and make him go through his progressions, he's like a fish out of water. He he has no idea what he's doing. So, I if I were the Dolphins, um. If I ran that thing, I would I would trade Tua and go sign Cousins or and 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 turn the thing over to Cousins and and see what you can get for Tua and and see if you can draft a few more pieces. They also have so many weapons that run around you and run by you. They need a they need one Niner like weapon. Kittle, JJ, Debo, Ayuk. These guys juice. These guys run through you. Everybody with the Dolphins runs around you and by you. They got enough speed. They got to have some meat and potatoes. Um, they got to have one either back or tight end or receiver that's really physical. And they lack that right now. A go-to receiver. I mean, what were your thoughts on the um, the Rams-Lions game? You know, I was thinking before the game, you know, if, if there was one team you had to ask me, what was the one team you were kind of afraid of playing? Not afraid, but you'd you wouldn't want to play in the next round for the Niners. It was the Rams for me, just because it's a divisional team. Um, you know, they're getting hot. You didn't play them with their pieces. You, you, haven't, you haven't really seen them yet uh, at their peak. Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, obviously great, great fifth-round picks for that team. But um, the, the Lions knocked it off and got their first postseason win in, I think, 20-plus years. What were your thoughts I mean, the that? Lions are a complete football team. Um, that needs a couple more pieces to win it all. The Rams are one-third of a football team, and Stafford was great, and Puka had nine catches for 181 on 10 targets. He was great. Uh, Kyron's a legitimate weapon, 2-2 and is, is a legitimate weapon, but Cooper Cup is long in the tooth, doesn't look the same. The Rams need serious help on the defensive side. They're not a great defense. And... Um, I mean, there was all kinds. I mean, the Stafford hit that he took there. I mean, the concussion protocol thing's a joke. His head was spinning. His eyes were rolling back in the back of his head. And somehow they okayed him to come back in the game. He got absolutely obliterated from two sides and had his brain scrambled. And they somehow let him back in that game. So I just, 
I thought that was that was a low point for the NFL's concussion protocol. And then, you know, Kirby Joseph. I mean, what the hell is that guy doing? I mean, that guy's one of the dirtiest players in football. That hit on Higby was flat out dirty. I mean, whether he led with his head or led with his shoulder pads, he went right at the guy's kneecap when he was fully extended. And it's a full ACL. And I'm sure Higby's probably done for the year next year, done for a good portion of the year. That thing was dirty. That was a dirty hit. I don't care. I'm not a Ram fan. I'm not a Higby fan. But I'll tell you, I'll, you know, I'm a straight shooter, and I'll tell you when it's dirty, and that was dirty. So they got to, they got to, uh, you know, change the rules or, you know, incentivize these guys not to go low. I mean, that's awful. I mean, you're gonna that that came up. That could have been a catastrophic, ugly, you know, leg injury on national TV. I mean, it was just so wrong on so many levels. So I hated seeing that. As far as the Lions go, though, you know what? The the Lions money players played like played money. I mean, Jared Goff was tremendous. He took care of the ball. Montgomery did just enough on the ground. He made that beautiful play at the end for the first down. Amon Ra, you know, seven catches for one ten, showing everybody that didn't say that he wasn't a Pro Bowler that he's absolutely a Pro Bowler. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is is a nice player. I mean, he had twelve touches. Um, you know. Real good game for Gibbs and then Aiden Hutchinson. My God. Um, and CJ Gardner Johnson. I mean, CJ Gardner Johnson's a big time player. Anzalone had a tremendous game. Brian Branch played hurt. But Aiden Hutchinson, who's from Plymouth, Michigan, six tackles, four solo, two sacks, couple tackles for loss, five of Detroit's seven hits on the quarterback came from Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, they've got one of the best offensive linemen. In Panay Sewell, one of the best defensive linemen in Aiden Hutchinson. They're both super blue chip guys. They took at the top of the draft. I think Detroit is absolutely going to wind up in the NFC Championship game. Hopefully, it will be at Levi's against the Niners. Um, wait, why wouldn't it be at Levi's? The Niners lose to Green oh, Bay. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, they have the Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then lastly, before we get to today's games, what were your thoughts on the Packers Cowboys game? I mean. I'll just let you go at it first, and then I'll give my opinion. I mean, I called this one all week, all right? I mean, I told everybody who wanted to listen to me that Green Bay was better than Dallas, that Gutekunst um, is a, you know, had established real momentum. You know, part of of uh, having some insight into these games is you got to know the talent. All those young players for Green Bay are ball players: Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave, Dontavian Wicks, Tucker Craft. Christian Watson, Bo Melton, Jaden Reed, Aaron Jones, Jordan Love. I mean, they, they got they're real. They got they got a ton of weapons on offense. I thought LaFleur made a great decision by taking the ball early. Dallas was 10 and 0 when they scored first, 2 and 5 when they didn't. So Green Bay won the coin toss and said, "Give us the ball." They drove down, scored and never looked back. They wired they went wire to wire in that thing. Uh, Quay Walker, another great pick by Gutekunst. Um, you know, they've got a couple guys in the back end in Darnell Savage and Jair Alexander who are absolutely outstanding at taking the ball away. Now, uh, Alexander re- had a recurrence of his ankle, left ankle injury, so I don't know what his status is going forward. Um, the other guy they have, the linebacker Kingsley in Agbare, he tore the ACL. His season's done, so they did, they did you know, lose a guy, maybe two. 
they are going to have to travel from Dallas back to Green Bay, back to, and then to San Francisco on a short week. Niners have a you know have a one extra. Not only did the Niners have the rest, but the Niners also get the one extra day because now Green Bay's got to do a short week turnaround and travel. But they're so young that they don't know that they're not supposed to be here. And I'll tell you, the first quarter of the divisional round is going to be so vitally important because the 49ers are going to have to do two very difficult things in the first quarter. They're going to somehow have to halt this unfreaking, unbelievable momentum that Jordan Love has. He is in a rhythm right now that is second to none. Um, he can buy extra time with his legs. He's got a strong arm. He's making an assortment of throws. He's throwing it to any receiver who's open. That's a well-devised offense. They're in major league rhythm right now. So the Niners defense is going to have to take Jordan Love and this Packers offense out of this crazy offensive rhythm they're in. That's one. And then the Niners with 21 days off offensively, I think defensively they're going to benefit from the extra energy and the rest the focus, the you know bumps and bruises, the healing, that all helps them on defense. On offense, 21 days is a long time. If the Niners start the first half rusty, I think we just saw what it looked what it could look like. It could be 27-7 Green Bay at the half and the season could be hanging by a thread. So, the Niners have got to be ready at the anthem and whatever they do in practice this week, it's all got to be They've got to be, they got to find their offensive rhythm right away, and they got to halt Jordan Love's offensive rhythm right away. They got to do both those things in the first quarter of this game. And it's going that right there is going to be a huge challenge. I, I'll, I'll make this prediction. I think this game is going to be the hardest game of the Niners' run to the Super Bowl. Wow. If they can get by Green Bay, they can get by the Detroit Lions, and they can beat who the AFC team. In Vegas, this is going to be their ultimate test. Can they slow down this red hot Packers team that scored 48? But let's make no bones about it. They pulled Jordan Love. They easily could have scored 50 on Dallas. Dallas doesn't have a Dallas's defense is a fraud, but they still got, you know, they still got some players back there. It's not like it's just, you know, statistically awful. And um, Green Bay scares the hell out of me. And I'll freely admit that. I, dude, Jordan Love. I I have never. Have you ever seen anything like that? He's he was terrible in the beginning of the season. Like he was objectively terrible in the beginning of the season. And there was there were some guys. You know, there's a lot of people before the season that said, "Oh, I I really like Jordan Love." And then at, and then they had to backtrack. They're like, "Yep, he's he's terrible. He's bad. He's not good." The improvement that he's made this season. Is crazy. I, I've I have never seen anything like it personally. Um, but yeah, I mean, yesterday he was playing like an all pro. He was he was he did, he's he got twenty three touchdowns and one pick in his last nine games. Exactly, he's playing out of this world right now. It doesn't even make sense compared to how he was playing in the beginning of the season. Um, he did two things I thought really well uh, last or yesterday. One, he took everything the Cowboys gave them. Yeah. Um, the Cowboys made a number of terrible plays in this in their secondary, and every single time Jordan Love exposed them for that. There was a number of just you know wide open Romeo Dobbs down down the down the field, and Love did not miss those. Another thing he did really well was just 
evading or ex- like accepting the pressure in the pocket and making throws like right before he got hit. He made he made a number of great throws under pressure. Um, and I just it's a thing that you don't see from a rookie quarterback. Um, and so yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if that's the team that's gonna be the t- hardest for the Niners to get over uh to get to the Super Bowl, but you know, I would yeah, it's, it's not a t- it's not your typical seven seed, at least from quarterback. Um, and, and he hunted the, uh, big plays. I mean, that was the other thing. He really hunted big plays, kind of like Brock Purdy. Eight of Love's 16 completions went for at least 15 yards. And that's been his MO this entire second half of the year. He's not captain check down. He's attacking down the field. Um, you know, now the Niners have a much better running game than Dallas. And I think if I'm the Niners, I play a little ball control and I try to dominate the time of possession. Um, you know, the Packers defense struggled in a lot of games during the second half of the year. Joe Barry, Shanahan has had the upper hand on Joe Barry, uh, their defensive coordinator in the head-to-head matchups. They got to st- somehow shut down Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed. Those were his favorite targets all year. There's also a lot of height in their, in their weapons. I mean, Dobbs is 6'2", Wicks is 6'1". Christian Watson, 6'4", Musgrave, 6'6". So when they get in the red zone, they'll throw it up to these guys. To me, uh, Demo Lenore matching up in, in, you know, against slot fades and some of the deeper routes down the field is going to be one of the major keys in this matchup. All the pressure is on the Niners. Um, you know, I he loves, uh, Jordan Love loves that fadeaway where he just keeps kind of moving away from the line of scrimmage and buying himself just a little extra time. Uh, He's got the fifth lowest sack rate overall and the ninth lowest sack rate when facing pressure. So, um, I mean, the Niners have the experience and the Niner defensive front has got to be, Jordan Love has to feel the Niners defensive front. Um and yeah. if you, but if you look at where Green Bay's defensive DVOA ranks this year, they're 26th against the pass and 26th against the run. So the Niners should be able to do what they want offensively. Um, but the Packers have been a really good pass blocking team. They're number two in pass block win rate, and and that's a big part of this thing. They block you. They give their quarterback time. They got a bunch of weapons. Um, you know they're really good. They're really, really good. So I will say this, though. I think to some degree they're a third of a team. They, If you look at their season DVOA, they're sixth offensively, 27th defensively, and 31st on special teams. So, um, you know, I mean, uh, the other key, I think, for the Niners, and it's a major key, is you have to stop Aaron Jones. When Jones doesn't rush for 100 yards, the Packers are three and five. So, um, you know, he's rushed for 100 yards. They've won four games in a row. He's rushed for 100 yards in each one of those games. Yeah. So, and then, and here come the Niners, D. They haven't given up a 100-yard rusher all season, and now they're getting Armstead back. So, to me, that first quarter is going to be absolutely essential. You got to take love out of his rhythm. You got to establish your own offensive rhythm despite the fact you haven't played a, a live game for 21 days. It's a monumental challenge, and Green Bay is going to come in and let it all hang out 
and because they're loosey-goosey. They're playing. Nobody expected them to be here. They're playing with the house's money while the Niners carry tremendous pressure into this game. But you got to remind them that, you know what, they're the freshmen and you're the juniors and seniors. They're going through this for the first time. Every guy in your room has been through it before. So you got to play with better smarts, better poise, more urgency, and really take it to them on both sides of the ball. Uh, it's going to be a huge challenge, though. Absolutely huge challenge. People who are sitting there talking all this trash, just save it. Just save it. Don't. Don't talk trash. Respect Green Bay immensely because, you know, Jones ran for 5-6 a carry, and um, he's no easy guy to tackle. And he had three touchdowns. He's playing great. So they, you know, they're the one thing you can say about them. They're kind of a one running back team. Um, but you got it. You got to make sure Jones is, you know, that 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 average per carry better be more like three and a half yards a carry. If he's averaging five and a half yards a carry, it's going to be a long day. One other thing about this game, you know, the if you wanted to point where the Cowboys lost this game. You could say, oh, well, they couldn't stop Jordan Love. Dak Prescott is the reason they lost that game. Dak Prescott sucked. He just, he flat out sucked. He, he just, I've never seen a quarterback negatively affect his team so much as Dak Prescott did in that first quarter or that first half, really, because just the amount of bad throws, I, I can't even count on my hands how many bad throws Dak Prescott had. And the reason why I'm ranting about this is because Brock Purdy, the only reason he's not on an all-pro team is because Dak Prescott was second-team all-pro. Dak Prescott proved himself yesterday. He sucked. I mean, just multiple interceptions that led to Green Bay getting the ball 20 yards from, the, from the, their own end zone. I mean, just terrible, ugly throws. Terrible, ugly throws. And it's, it's just the national media narrative of, Oh, Dak Prescott deserves an MVP because X, Y, and Z. And it's like, oh, all the 49ers fans are saying, hey, look, we remember Dak Prescott. He sucked. He threw five interceptions against the Niners. And the, the national media just wants to throw that, you know, to the back of their mind and say, well, in the last few games, he's been really great. He's been really great. Dak Prescott does not show up in big games ever. I cannot think of a, a big game where Dak Prescott won the game for the Cowboys. The Cowboys have a Super Bowl caliber team, but they do not have a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. They don't. No, I mean, I mean, they forced the ball to CeeDee Lamb. I mean, they threw 17 balls to CeeDee Lamb. He caught nine. That means there were eight balls he didn't catch. Um, Prescott, you know, doesn't take care of the football. He's been better this year because he's throwing it shorter and he's running more. And he did carry six times for 45 yards in this game. He had an 18-yard run. But yeah, that pick six to Savage was absolutely a backbreaker. And then I'll say this about Dallas. Dallas didn't Dallas's deal is they get a lead and then they make you one dimensional because they score a bunch of points. Their defense, Mozzie Smith sucked all year. I mean, Mozzie Smith did nothing. They took him in the first round. Looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Another bad pick by Jerry and his kid. Um, the Dallas is this team. They Dallas can turn 28, three into 42, three better than anybody in football. But if you, if, if they're a bully team. If you stand up to them and you can stay out of obvious passing situations, 
you don't let them do what they want to do. Their, their corners want to jump routes. Their edge rushers want to get home. They had zero sacks on love. They only had three hits on them all day. So, you know, Micah Parsons, hey, Micah, you may want to give up the pod and just focus on your actual job. You had two tackles and no sacks and one hit on the quarterback all day. And you're commenting on the Niners on your podcast, bro, just play ball, you know, just play ball because you're clearly, you know, you can't multitask, Uh, (laughs) you know, you you are no show. And all these edge rushers they got on this team. You think of all these guys that can rush the passer. It's amazing. Demarcus Lawrence can rush the passer. No sacks. Parsons can rush the passer. No sacks. Osa, uh, Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams. These guys can all rush the passer. No sacks. So Green Bay is the better coach team. McCarthy's going to be canned um, and probably justifiably so. And, and I uh, hate to say it, but if Steve Wilkes leaves the Niners, I think Dallas's defensive coordinator is probably coming here. You know, if he doesn't get the Seattle job, I think Dan Quinn's probably going to be the replacement for Steve Wilkes with the Niners. But um, I mean, the Dallas's defense, I mean, Green Bay came in and, and scored 48 and crushed you and easily could have scored 58. So, yeah. I mean, it was just, hey, it, I'll, I'll give Jordan Love credit, though. For some of those pressures, because some of those pre- he, like I said earlier, he was able to take pressures and turn them into big plays, and that is the one thing. If you're a 49ers fan, that you should fear about Jordan Love is that the Niners do not do well. I'm not, I, I'm not fear mongering right now. I'm not saying that the Niners are going to lose, but I'm saying the one thing the Niners don't do well is dealing with mobile quarterbacks that can throw outside of the pocket on the run, etc. Lamar Jackson did it to you on on Christmas Day. Jordan Love can do it to you. Joe Burrow did it to you. Joe Burrow was able to extend plays and make throws, and your de- and your your secondary, which was tired at the time, couldn't make the play. Now the Niners are rested. They should be able to, you know, hang with the Packers, of course. But that's the one thing you got to get pressure on Jordan Love, and you got to turn them into sacks. None of this Chase Young grabbing at the arms, missing sacks, bullshit. You know, it's like you gotta you gotta sell out for this for the sacks in this one. You got to take away the run. You got to cover these receivers. I mean, you know, the, the I, I said it for the last month. I'll say it one more time. The Niners have five young DBs. If they're going to win the Super Bowl, they're going to have to ball. They're going to have to play ball. They're not going to be able to get away with these five young DBs not doing anything. That means Demo, Ambry, Jair, Luter, Womack. These guys have all got to answer the bell, and they all got to play. So we'll see. We'll see. It's gonna. I. I think this can be a hell of a, a really very difficult game. Uh, I like the Niners, but I don't feel. Co- I do not feel in any way, you know, super confident about it. I feel like this is gonna be a real tough game to win. What about the Eagles and the Bucks? The Eagles' fall off needs to be studied. It is incredible what the nine what has happened since the Niners game for the Eagles. The Eagles were 10 and 1 and now they are 11 and 7. <laughs> they lost to the 9 and 8 Bucks 32 to 9. Yeah. What happened to the Eagles? What uh, what is going on? Their secondary they can't make tackles anymore. I thought they had they had a good defense at, at one point. They were pretty good. I mean, actually 
earlier in the year, the statistics weren't going their way, but still it's like they got, they traded at the deadline for a safety. You know, they have the best offensive line in football. They can't do the put the tush push anymore. It doesn't work. Like the offense is stagnant. Wait, what you know, is you going know, on? Well, first of all, what we need to do is remember our good buddy. Let's not forget our good buddy here. Here we go. Here he is, everybody. Take a loss. Instead, they cry like, you, you know, a real professional football team with real professional men take a loss. Instead, they cried about it. Oh, if our quarterback wasn't hurt, if you would have freaking blocked for him, he would have been hurt. You suck. You're not man enough to admit it. Now you're going to come back here, and you're going to get your ass kicked again, and we're going to show you how men play. Not like those little whiners from the West Coast who drink their little wine with their pickies up and act like you're so superior. Guess what? This is Philly. You're going to lose. You suck. Guess what? This is Philly, and you won one fucking game against the Giants after you made this stupid speech. Oh, my God. That was just such a – I had to redust off that one. How but about dude, the Eagles, though? I mean, seriously, the they're 10-1. and one. The Niners roll into their place, slap them around. They won one game the rest of the year. It was against the New York Giants. They got absolutely embarrassed tonight against the Eagles, against the Buccaneers. I mean, they're, you know, one hurts. You know, I, I people last year who were mad at me when I was comparing Brock Purdy to Hurts. It's like, how's that comparison looking right now? I mean, who would take Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy right now? Not too many people. He didn't play too good tonight. Uh, what happened to the Eagle run game? They averaged 2.8 a carry. What happened to their run defense? Um, what happened to their pass defense? Tonight, it just looked like a seven-on-seven seven drill. Kate Otten, David Moore, Trey Palmer, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Payne Durham. These guys just made plays up and down the field. They weren't within a country mile of these of these receivers. I don't know if it's Sirianni. I don't know if it's Sean Desai, Matt Patricia, losing two of their coordinators, saying goodbye to Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Um, they, they sacked the quarterback 70 times this year, 43, 70 times last year, 43 times this year. Uh, you know, I mean, what, what can you say? I mean, maybe they're getting old. I, I You saw Travis Kelsey giving it to Jason Kelsey in his uh, – you know, when he started making excuses and he's like, he started saying, he started going, Hey, the excuse train is in town. And Jason Kelsey had to like cancel the, the podcast until the next day. Cause he wanted to rip Travis's head off. I mean, that was the Eagles are in a bad way. There's tons of pressure. Um, is Sirianni going to get dumped? I would say no, but man, Jeffrey Lurie and his girlfriend sure looked absolutely despondent up in the booth tonight. It wouldn't shock me if if um, if they did pull the plug on Sirianni, which would be absolutely staggering since they were in the Super Bowl a year ago. But I don't know what's worse, their free fall offensively or their free fall defensively. But don't let anybody ever tell you that, you know, losing your coordinators doesn't matter because the Eagles are proof that it does matter. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Dude, it, it, like I said, this has to be studied. They're one in seven since playing the Niners. One in that's tanking for the fucking first pick of the NFL draft. That's not that's not competing. They were the first seed in the NFC and they just they hobbled their way into the playoffs and they play arguably the worst team in the NFC that made the playoffs, the nine and eight bucks, and they got destroyed. Right. They got destroyed. 
Absolutely. And the Bucks, the Bucks are just the the Bucks didn't even have or Mike Evans didn't even do anything. Cade Otten just threw up eighty nine yards on you. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, and and who are you, who's in this defense? I mean, Nicholas Morrow, Zach Cunningham, Avante Maddox, big play Slay got big play carted off the field. Brandon Graham's old. Uh, Fletcher Cox is old. James Bradbury got benched. Um, what happened to Bradbury? Bradbury was like this awesome corner that was picking off passes. Jordan Davis is fat and out of shape. Bradley Roby's old. Nolan Smith has pretty much barely played this year. I mean, it's amazing, man. They were cruising. They were on top. The Niners knocked them off their perch, and like they have not been the same since that game. I mean, in some ways, their season is the most enjoyable because they were riding high and the Niners came to town and the bottom fell out. And it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, seriously. They they just got they just got absolutely staggered with a right and they have not been able to get up the rest of the season. I mean, it's been it, awesome it, to watch. It's unbelievable, too, because just going after the draft, you look at the Eagles team and that was one of the main takeaways from the draft for me. It was it was. Wow, the Eagles, even though they lost Javon Hargrave, they lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They drafted they Jalen Hargrave. Carter, though. Yeah, they drafted Jalen Carter. They got Jordan Davis. They got Keely Ringo. They were building a super team. I'm like, wow. those are Traded good. for Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard, yeah. It's like they're, they were building a super team on that defensive line and that and the, and the secondary. You thought the secondary was still going to be able to hold up. There was, in, I'll say this, going into the Niners game, Obviously, everyone respected the Eagles. They were 10 and 1 and they were top of the NFC, best team in the NFL. But there were indications at the time. There were indications that they were well, they were playing a lot of long games, that their defense metrics weren't really up to you know high standards. They were like 20th or 22nd in, in their, their past defense. It, it, there were indications that the Niners could, you know, destroy them or not destroy them, but beat them. Um but no one would have predicted this ever. No one ever. You even if you're the smartest guy in the room, you you're not you're never saying, "Oh, I think the Eagles are they're they're bad. Like they're going to go one and seven. Like what? How do you? And you looked at their schedule. You've seen their schedule. They lost to some terrible team. They lost to the Cardinals. They lost to the Giants. It's like it's it's bad. If you're an Eagles fan, you're it's it's bad. You, you die, you, Eagles, yeah. die. You know what? The, and it couldn't have happened to a scummier fan base. Those people are the seriously the lowest of seriously. low. And their players, you know, the, their players talk the most trash. I think their players talk the most trash. And their fans are a joke. I mean, what was the score of the Niner game at halftime? It was like 14 to 6 or something, wasn't it? And their fans booed them off the field. What kind of fans boo a, boo a team down 14-6 at home? I mean, I, going into the locker room, so it's a, it, you know, it's, they're going it, to, it's going to be a long winter in Philly. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the, the, you know, the Phillies will not be uh, in Florida training for a few more months uh, or, you know, for a few more weeks, I should say. And they got, a, they got another month of misery there. I'd love to hear what sports talk radio has sounded like and will sound like there for the next two, three weeks. Oh, I God. mean, just, just absolutely the lowest of low. Just everybody miserable, kicking snow, you know, walking around a city that's infested with rats and just sitting there and just just sucking it up, watching the Niners, hopefully in the bowl. Yeah. Unbelievable. I it's honestly, yeah, 
it's it's like a Super Bowl hangover from a Super Bowl they didn't win, you know? Right. <laughs> it's like they're it's like they already made it and they're like they're checked out or something. They're just that that team is checked out. Their secondary tackling is horrendous. The, I would the love to see Sirianni get just taken out. That would be fantastic. That would just be awesome. As smug as he was with his, you know, wait a second. Let me share the screen on one more here because this one is just absolutely. This is the most loathsome moment of the year for Sirianni and his and his crew. All right, let's uh, we'll share the screen. We'll get out of this this idiot and we'll go to this idiot. Uh, we'll go from one idiot to another idiot here. Here is Sirianni. Sirianni's Eagles circled the drain pretty much after this moment. There's Big Dom on the right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is he even? I, I'm. Can someone? I. No one's given me a firm answer on this. What does Sirianni do? He, he hangs out with Big Dom and eats salami sandwiches. I don't know. I mean, seriously, what does he do? You're not. He, he's. He has as much. You know. I mean, he, he reminds me of, of Bobby Bowden. He. He's not the O coordinator. He wasn't the D coordinator. He's just a guy talking trash. Yeah. It's like every t- every game I watch. It's like. The you know Joe Buck's always like you know Kyle Shanahan one of the best player callers in the NF and then they get to Sirianni it's like and there's Nick Sirianni great coach it's like for what like explain to me like tell me what he what he's so good at not only that they're gonna fire him that's why they're firing him how about these people that were saying that Sirianni was way better remember the coach rankings earlier this year uh, that Sirianni was a much better coach than Shanahan I think even our buddy Chase Senior who I really enjoy but I think Chase Senior ranked Sirianni over Shanahan. I do um, remember a coach list that that Kyle was like seven on or something, like six on. I mean, seriously. Come on. See ya. See ya, Nick. See you down at the deli with Big Dom tomorrow. You'll have plenty of time to talk about his boiler as you guys are watching the rest of the playoffs at home. The sky is falling in Philly. I'm, I'm looking and I'm seeing people talk about Jalen Hurts isn't the guy anymore. I mean, this, it's <laughs> that's awesome. That's incredible. That's that questioning is, their existence on the planet right now. What are we Jalen even doing Hurts here? Is not the guy. I mean, dude, what what happened? I thought it, at the going into the Super Bowl, he was like the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I right. mean, like now oh. he's now he's I don't know if he's a winner anymore. Like. I don't know if he's if he could take us there. It's like, geez, man, geez, that's <laughs> that's tough, man. Yeah, from the penthouse to the outhouse in the blink of an eye, uh, couldn't have happened to a nicer group of fans. Jeez. All right. Um, last game of the day, um, not super important, but the Bills, the very hot Bills, who have won how many in a row now? Is it six? I think. Or they were six and six, and they haven't lost since that point. I'm not sure exactly where they're. Yeah, so six in a row, yeah. Six in a row. I mean, Josh Allen, three touchdowns today. Um, He had 74 yards rushing. He averaged 9-3 a carry. He threw for three touchdowns. He ran for another. He's got two really good tight ends, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox. He's got a true number one in Stephon Diggs. Khalil Shakir, the Boise State kid, is 
coming of age right before our eyes. He's been awesome the last month. Um, but they also lost some dudes in this game. Terrell Bernard went out with an injury. I think he's probably done for the year. Um, I saw it was uh, Teron Johnson went out with an injury, and I think he came back in. Uh, or was it Dane Jackson? Maybe I forget who. I think Teron Johnson went out with the injury, and I don't know if he came back in. But they're, you know, they, they lost two or three guys today. Um, I, I, there was one other that went down. I can't remember who it was. But, um, yeah, I mean, Buffalo against Kansas City next week for all the marbles. And, you know, Buffalo, I don't know. I mean, but I'll say this. Buffalo's playoff tested. They've been in, like, literally playoff mode for a month and a half. So I fear them in the Super Bowl. But I kind of think they're going to get beat. I I don't think Buffalo's going to the Super Bowl after watching them today. I think um, either Houston or Baltimore or Kansas City. I think have a better chance than Buffalo, even despite the fact that Josh Allen is awesome. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers came out in that game and just, it looked so ugly. They, there was, there was at least four or five plays that were almost picked. Three of them ended up being picked. Mason Rudolph is obviously, you know, not, not a star quarterback. And yeah, but that was kind of the thing. Like you said, Buffalo, at, at a point in this game was it got close, you know, it got close in this game with Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers who have just the most stagnant offense of all time. No TJ Watt. I mean, Micah yeah. Fitzpatrick played well, man. He had 10 tackles, five solo. He had a tackle for a loss. He was flying around. He's been hurt. Cam Hayward played really, really well. Steelers still their defense, you know, still came to play, but at some point, you know, I mean, Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season. It's a great organization, and I'm not saying Tomlin should be fired, but they got to find who their guy is because it's not Mason Rudolph. It's not Kenny Pickett. Uh, they need more speed at running back. They, you know, they, they, you know, they just their defense is big time, but they're, you know, it's they need more help offensively. They don't. I don't think the quarterback who's going to win the next Super Bowl for the Steelers is on the roster right now. I yeah, that's yeah, that's not a that's not a crazy take at all. Um, the one thing I will say about the about the Bills, I I still feel like any team led by Josh Allen has a chance to do damage. I I would there's even though I just said you know you know like they didn't look as dominant against the Steelers, I still you know I think you guys said earlier appropriate fear. I would have appropriate fear for for the Buffalo Bills, and it, I, the reason why I say that is you know in baseball how in the playoffs, like the home run hitters somehow become more valuable because it's like in baseball, every run is like scrutinized. And if you can hit a home run, it's like a huge deal, right? It's like, it, I kind of feel that way about postseason football. The Bills can just, they they can make an explosive play at any moment. Josh Allen can throw a 60-yard bomb or just run. You saw, it, you saw it against the Steelers today and have a 50-yard run at any given moment. So they can score on a dime if they need to. And if, if they get the ball back down five with a minute 40 left in the game, they can win that game. So I, I still like the, like the bills. I don't know how they face up. Do you think Kansas? I, I think Kansas City's probably going to get them. In I Buffalo mean, it's a rematch, a rematch of the infamous AFC game, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe not, maybe Kansas city, maybe bills are there in the conference final, but even if they are, I'll take uh, the winner of Houston, Baltimore. I, I think after watching Houston, 
there's no doubt hey, in my why, mind. Why don't we, why don't we Houston do can Houston can be in Vegas for the Super Bowl. Um, there's no question in my mind. No question. Um, let me pull up the the playoff picture and let's just quickly go through um the the matchups and then let's take the calls and bolt for the door. Okay. Let me pull it up. I gotta find it somewhere on Twitter. Somebody said, um, did you see Nick Wright's Purdy tweet? Is that today? Yeah, I didn't see it. The only one I see, he mentions something about quarterbacks and then just kind of throws Purdy in at the end. Uh, Let me see if I can find find, it. If you find a a Purdy tweet. Why don't we start? Well, do you want to start? Let's break down the um, what do you what's your opinion on Houston? Houston. uh, uh, Baltimore. Yeah. Um, Houston's real. I mean, I, I like Houston. I mean, to be completely honest, I, I know Baltimore is really good defensively, but Lamar has not won in the playoffs. I hate their weapons. I love the Texans weapons. I'll take the Texans. Now it's all going to be about how does Houston settle into that game? That's a really tough place to play. They could be down 10, nothing at the blink of an eye. If they score first or take any kind of lead, Houston wins that game. The only way Houston doesn't win that game is if they get if they get ambushed in the first quarter and they're down 10-0 or 14-3 or something like that. That's a really, really tough place to play for a road team. Lamar's playing at a really high level. But guess what? Barnett and Greenard and 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 all those defensive ends they have are freaking awesome. And um and they've got good talent on the back end. And I really think the Texans, they're, you know, Cesario has put together a, a squad there. And I, I, I love the way Stroud's playing. He's so young. He doesn't realize what he's doing. He kind of scares me, kind of like Jordan Love, to be honest. I, I think Stroud and the Texans can, can win that game in Baltimore. But it's all about how they settle in. If they, you know, they, they dig themselves a massive hole, then it's going to be an uphill battle. But I still give them a shot. But if Houston gets a first quarter lead, they're going to win the game. The Baltimore Ravens are eight and a half point favorites currently. I feel like I don't know yet, but I feel like a lot of people will start taking or the the sharps, as they say, will be on Houston plus the points. Um, it seems like a good spot, especially with Lamar in the playoffs being like one in three or something like that. Um, right. right before we go I don't to like the, the next- I mean, what are you, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards and it's Zay Flowers and nothing else. Um, no way. I mean, I'll take the Texans and their weapons and their defensive ends and all the momentum that they have. I mean, they're loose. Um, D'Amico's got them playing well on both sides of the ball. They, they, they're going to be able to put up some points. Um, so uh, the Ravens have to get a lead in that game. And even then, I, unless the Texans get Stroud knocked out, I love I love the Texans to win that game. This was the Nick Wright tweet that it w- was brought up earlier. What a final eight quarterbacks we're going to have. Two first-year starters coming off perfect playoff games. I'm guess, so that would be Love and Stroud. Two right. number one picks discarded by their original teams. That would be Goff and who am I thinking? Who am I missing? Uh, Baker. Baker, right. Two MVP caliber unicorns with their Best chance to make a Super Bowl. Josh and, and Mahomes. Okay. Or it was that Lamar. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One, oh, I, 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 yeah. This yeah, is the next. Right. One. The next one is is Mahomes. One goat contender going for a back to back and Brock Purdy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, you know, Nick Wright. You, you know, we'll see. But if the Niners can get the win against Green Bay, I feel great about Purdy being standing at the end. I think I think Green Bay is gonna be the toughest game they got left. I really do. Nick Wright. I mean, come on, Nick man. Wright. I mean, Nick, come on. I Nick's, get it. I Nick get Wright it. is wrong more than he's right, and that's the truth. I get that he has to be like very strong-minded to be because you know you give a million opinions. You can't you can't just be like ah oh, Brock Purdy he's okay. Like uh, he right. can't have that opinion. You got to be polarizing, that, Pete. No, no. I I'm not saying that he doesn't believe this take, but it's like, dude, admit when you're wrong. You know. When you're wrong and take the I like, L, buddy. I like Colin Coward. Some people hate Colin Coward. I personally like him. I think he's kind of. I think he's entertaining. Uh, I respect him for that. But he has like Colin right, Colin wrong. He admits when he's wrong. Nick Wright. It's like, dude, you've been saying that like Brock Purdy was Nick Mullins. Now, right. now, now, you're now you're trying wrong. to say. Now you're trying to say, oh well, he doesn't really compare to Mahomes. It's like, okay, bro, move the goalpost a little bit farther, won't you? Yeah, like, bro, take the L and move on. I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah. It's all right. What what else we got? Um, next matchup. What is the next matchup? Is but let's go. Let's go. Bucks Lions. What are you, what's your thoughts on that? Lions. I mean, the Lions are are a better team than Tampa or Philly. I mean, you know, the Bucks are not bad. Um, but the Lions. The Lions are. It's it's their magic carpet ride. Amon Ra's a true number one receiver. Montgomery and Gibbs is a great combo at running back. Sam Laporta, Superman, he looked like he was totally done, and then he played great this week. Uh, the Lions have a terrific defense or offensive line. Um, I like the Lions. I mean, I, I Jared Goff's playing well. Um, heck, they didn't even look good as far as the stat sheet in this game against the Rams. The Rams out, outdid them in almost every phase, and yet the Lions still win. So the Lions are really, really good. They're 6-2 and two at home. The place will be rocking. Uh, Bucks off the short week. Give me Detroit. I'll take Detroit minus the yeah. Six. That's that's an easy one. Um, I I don't disagree with you there. I, like I said earlier, the Bucks I think are the worst team in the NFC in the playoffs. They looked great tonight, but the Eagles there's some they, there's a disease being infested with the Eagles right now, and I, I'm not sure what's going on over there. Um, what are your thoughts on Chiefs Bills? I mean, the Chiefs found their one good receiver, and his name's Rashi Rice. And Mahomes is going to play big because Mahomes is Mahomes. And the Chiefs have been in bigger games than this, so they're not going to be intimidated at all. And the cold weather is not going to bother them, and it may even seem like balmy compared to what they endured this week. Um, and, you know, they their top-tier guys are big time. Mahomes. Um, you know, obviously Rashi Rice, Jason, I mean, uh, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, their interior offensive line is premier. Um, I, you know, if Von Miller were in this game and healthy, I'd be a little bit more concerned. You know, on paper, Josh Allen's probably going to win one of these games against Mahomes. It's probably here. But um, I think that's a coin flip game, man. That that thing could go either way. Um I'll I'll take the Chiefs and Mahomes over over um, Josh Allen and and uh, the Bills until I see otherwise. 
Yeah. I love uh, I love the way Carl Loftus is playing, the Purdue kid, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay. They've got a lot of speed on defense. Kansas City's combination of defense and the weapons I've named and the interior three is enough to beat this Buffalo team coming off the injuries uh, that they're going to have. Unless Josh Allen just puts everything on his back and makes it happen, I'm taking the Chiefs. There is like an insane Patrick Mahomes stat. I can't find it right now, but Patrick Mahomes as an underdog because I think the line opened up. Uh, I can look at it right now, but the line his first road game as a play in the playoffs. Yeah, he's going, and that's that's why I actually right now initial lean. I haven't really done a lot of research in the game. Initial lean is Bills for me. I just think at home, slight edge, maybe the the magic juice will run out for. Uh, for the Chiefs. They're two and a half point underdogs, the Chiefs are. So you know yeah. it's gonna be a close well, game. I like I'll take two, you know, I like the Chiefs and the uh, Texans to win on the road. I like the Niners and the Lions to win at home. Um but I don't feel great about the Niner game. I feel nervous about the Niner game, to be honest, because the way Green Bay looks. Yeah, I think the Niners are 10 point favorites against uh Green Bay sets up to be a great game. It's to be prime time Saturday, five o'clock at Levi's. You'll be there. And you know, we'll be talking about it all week long. Uh, do you want to get to some calls before we jo- bowl for the door? Let's do this. We'll, we'll do our calls, but let me hit the supers and then we'll, right, bowl. Right, right. Um, we'll, and then we'll hit the calls. Okay. So I'm old. Greg says cry. Eagles cry. What a weekend, Larry, make sure you give chase some crap for his Eagles chat sports. You're lazy. Larry. Love you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm old Greg Chase Limperia. What up, fellas? Soon I will call in for my job. Shout out to Alan from Coles. LOL. So who is the better? Who's better in the trenches? And screw brother Bob. <laughs> What's brother Bob saying? Um, as far as who's better in the trenches, I think the Niners are better. I think the Niners D line's better than the Packer O line, but we're going to find out. And I think the Niner O line can stand up to this Packer D line. So we'll see. We'll see. I think the Niners with the rest, the home field, Shanahan, as long as they can get the lead, um, that's my big concern. Like if I'm Shanahan, I think I might take the ball. I don't think I would allow um, Green Bay to take the ball and and you know go wire to wire like they did against the Cowboys. Make them play from behind. Uh, I think that might be the right way to go. But I don't think he'll do it. I think he'll defer to the second half. That's the way he always does it. Joe East says Krug props on those on those dead on wildcard game predictions. I thought the Rams and Puka would get the Lions. What the what San Francisco players do you see having an advantage this weekend? Um, that is a great question. What Niner players do I think have an advantage this weekend? Well, um, I I got to know about Jair Alexander. I think the Niner receivers, um. I think the Niners overall, if they keep the ball on the ground, are just more physical running team. I think they should be able to run it on Green Bay, especially if they use Debo on some end arounds and they have a real diverse rushing attack that attacks from all over. Um, I think the Niner trio of superior weapons, Ayuk, Debo, and CMC, carry the day. And, um, you know, but this one's, this is going to be a challenge. Because Brock Purdy hasn't played in 21 days, may have some rust, and this Jordan Love kid is absolutely rolling in in full rhythm. 
So it's going to be the first quarter is going to be essential. Uh, but I like I like the Niners. I also think that Armstead could really party inside against the um, against the Green Bay interior. Uh, let's see what else. What else is that? It? Oh, we got no. We got this one from Tobin Ernst. Will our D show up? Stop the run, rush the passer. They're gonna have to. Got to make uh, Green Bay one dimensional, and then half dead says Larry. Just in case you were wondering, blankety blank, still trying to minimize what Purdy has done, and says Lance is the next Jordan Love. Uh, all right. Well, what can I say? I'm old. Greg says Debo predicted it. He told all of us. Nice. And 69ers says, did you see Nick Wright's Purdy tweet? He's a clown. We did. Thank you. Ready, set, rush. Can't call in tonight, but I agree. Texans will upset. Larry, you were right about Green Bay. Great stuff as always, fellas. Kevin's doppelganger. Uh, there you go. There you go. That's Thanks, Cam. Cam. Cam out in Tucson. And Adam Paul says, Big Dom and Nick Sirianni is in downtown Philly, choking on some salami sandwiches together, watching the playoffs. See ya. You cracked me up, Larry. Thank you. <laughs> Green glass full, all underdog wins so far for the Niners. B over dogs. What does that mean? All underdog wins so far time for, I don't know. Wait. All underdog wins so far time for 49ers B over dogs. Or favorites, I think maybe is another way of saying overdogs. Yeah. Um. All right, Kev. Who do we go to? Uh, Artur. Oh, wait. I'll do it. There he is. Artur, how are you, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. we got you. What's on your mind, awesome. man? Awesome. Hey, thanks for being in the chat. This is the first time we've had you on the uh, video call. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm always in the chat. I've been watching your videos a while. I love the show you do, especially with uh, Kevin. You guys are great together, man. Let's go. Are you um, uh, SF, SF Fire Department? Yeah. Yeah, I just got off of work. I work uh, in the Bayview Station at 49. Uh, so there you uh, go, man. My first, uh, my first house as a kid when we were growing up was um, on on visitation. Mm, yeah, right visitation there in Visitation Valley. Valley. Yeah, so we get a lot of calls out of there. So, yep. Yeah, I'm very well, I appreciate what you place. do, man. Thanks for doing what you do. Thanks, brother. I appreciate what you guys do as well. You know, it's crazy, Larry. Um, I think I heard you saying that uh, you grew up in the Sunset on um, 35th and Rivera. And what's funny yep. is I actually live on 35th and Rivera, the corner house. And I wonder if it's the same house, if my parents ended up buying your childhood home. Did you guys, uh, did you live right on the corner of 35th and Rivera or where were you? Exactly? No, we, 2535 was the, which is the second house, the biggest ah. house right there. The, the, the one that doesn't look like a Sunset house. It almost looks like a, it almost looks like a, like maybe flats or an apartment. It's yeah, like I, think I it's know like, it's in the middle of the block. It's in the middle of the block on yeah. the south side. Uh, it's the second house from the corner and I lived there from 1972 until uh, my parents passed during the pandemic. Oh, wow. OK, so kind of recently. Uh, yeah, we, we moved, sold it. We sold it at that point. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's that's crazy, man, because I live five houses down from, from where you guys. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Lincoln for a little bit, and okay. then uh, I ran into some trouble there uh, in my younger <laughs> years, and uh, my parents ended up put, putting me into a private school, uh, you know, as parents do with uh, troubled kids, but I was glad they did that, man, because it, what, it What was your it, private it school? I'm, you know, with how familiar you are with SF, I wouldn't be surprised if you know it. You know that church on, I want to say, 25th in Geary? It's the Russian church with the big golden domes. Yeah, yeah, right There's by St. Monica's. 
Yeah, there exactly. And there's a school associated with that church not many people know about uh, called St. John's Academy. And uh, nice, a very, nice. very small school. And my graduating class, I think, had five other students. And uh, it's crazy because I went to Francis Scott Key Elementary. I went to yeah. AP Giannini Middle School. Right. And I went to Lincoln for a year. And I'm used to this public school life. And then I had to wear a suit and a tie and go to a private school with five other students. No girls, pretty much. They got like one or two girls in my in my entire uh, high school class. So it was uh, it was tough. That's my favorite. It's one of my favorite parts of the city, though. We used to hit Trader Sam's, which is what one block from there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really nice part of the city. I love it. But I'm a sunset boy, man. I grew up in the sunset. You know, I'm 33. I've lived there for, let's say, 25 years. Nice. Now, so uh, mostly in that house on 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 Rivera. So uh, yeah, man. It's great to call in. I I don't want to take up too much of your time. You probably have other callers, but a couple of things, man. I think, first of all, brilliant insight in your part calling Green Bay, man. People were calling you crazy. Uh, They thought Green Bay wouldn't make it out of Dallas. You called it. You hit hit the head there, man. And uh, very impressed with, with just how you see things, man, with Purdy and Green Bay. Just seeing things, putting yourself out on the, you know, out there with what people would call wild takes that end up, end up being, and that's why I trust your football knowledge, Larry. Uh, so, so really, really, uh, cool, cool there. And after that Dallas game, man, I'm a little bit nervous about green Bay, but I will say, uh, one thing I was listening to guy Haberman earlier today, and he was talking about how tight ends have a 85% completion percentage against the Green Bay's linebackers. The linebacking core isn't very good, and Shanahan loves to go after the linebackers. I think Kittle is set up to have a pretty big game uh, against Green Bay. What do you think? No, that's a great call, and guys, fantastic. We stream together now every Wednesday at at 9 a.m., so check that out if you can, But yeah. uh, whether live or taped. But yeah, no, guys run on the money, and, and Kittle, I think, is absolutely going to be a huge, a huge part of this thing. I also think that the 49ers can run the ball uh, by using Debo and use and 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 giving Green Bay a lot of different run looks. Um, I think the Niners can run the ball on Green Bay. Um, you know, Joe Barry. You know, they, they their defense is peaking right now, but yeah. there's holes there. There's holes there, and you got to be patient and you got to be able to put a little pressure on them. You got to get Quay Walker blocked. Because he's really, really good, but I think, like you mentioned, Devon, um, the linebackers, Devondre Campbell, I think can be picked off, you know, picked on in space, and I imagine Con- uh, Kyle will make him the conflict defender. The thing that the thing that's scary about Green Bay is that they've got they've got a bunch of D line depth, and all, a lot of those guys are first round picks, and they're playing at a pretty high level. So you got to stay ahead of the chains. Nothing crazy new. Um, turnovers, I think are going to be a big part of it. The Niners have to start fast. You know, the Niners, um, have, have trailed in three games this year at halftime. They lost all three. So, I mean, Dallas just found out what it looks like to have to come back against this green Bay team. If they can, you know, Aaron Jones and stopping Aaron Jones is the key. If they can stop Aaron Jones as both a runner and as a receiver, I think that will put more pressure on, on Jordan love. And then um, they got to give Jordan Love some different looks because, 
You know, it's he's he's in a real he's locked in right now. And he played amazing, Larry. He, I mean, yeah, it's he's amazing. Insane right now. the throws he was making off his back foot, off of the platform. Pretty, uh, pretty uh, mobile in the pocket too. You wouldn't think of him as a runner. I don't think he's, a, you know, he's going to run downfield on you. But his little nuances and maneuvering in the pocket, throwing off his back foot, hey, he looked good, man. And you also got to go, you got to, like, you know, like some teams you say, okay, CeeDee Lamb's their number one. You got to take him away. You got to go into the meeting. Steve Wilkes has got to be like, hey, guys, I got some good news and bad news. The good news is they don't have CeeDee Lamb. The bad news is that Dobbs, Musgrave, Wicks, Kraft, Jones, Watson, Melton, and Reed can all be their number one guy on any given play. So... We, you know, you just gotta. They, the Niners are gonna, the depth of their secondary and the the ability to cover is gonna be severely tested in this game. Uh, we know if Ambry Thomas is gonna play. I, mean, I think he is. I think he is. Is he gonna wear a club? Um, he, I don't know if he's even gonna need that. We'll we'll see. He had the surgery. Um, he may have to wear a club. He did already play one game with it and played pretty effectively, but. All the young DBs are going to have to play, and they're going to have to be absolutely sound in what they do. And the other thing about uh, Lafleur is, you know, he's got guys that have size and speed now, but he also is really good at designing plays. You know, these chunk yardage plays that get guys freed up. And Niners are going to be challenged. They're gonna they're gonna make some plays. They're gonna score some points. So it's really key that the Niners, I think, play ball control complimentary football, run the ball, and dominate the time of possession. If Green Bay dominates the time of possession on the Niners, Green Bay will win the game. What scares you the most about Green Bay? What do you think, what do you see as their clear advantage against us? The two tight ends. They got Musgrave, who's 6'6", and Kraft, who's a you know a tremendous player, and they're both healthy and playing well. And so when they go to a two tight end look, you know, they've got two big, talented receivers, um, and they have great ball skills, both of them. Musgrave's, you know, 6'6", six, six, um, is really fast. Kraft is a little bit less of an athlete, but um, and not, you know, Kraft's 6'5", two, 260. I mean, they're both – I mean, Tucker Kraft at South Dakota State was a, an amazing player, and um, Musgrave had a really good career at Oregon State. You know, those two tight ends scare me the most, especially in the red zone, especially if love can throw it up high to them. Um, yeah. they, they, you know, and I'll tell you Got the other arm. thing that really scares me about Green Bay is that they're so freaking young that they don't they're impervious to the pressure of the they moment. don't know better. They don't know. They, better. They're just playing. They're just playing and they're not worried about it. And the Niners, you know, have been there on the doorstep and they're they're feeling a little bit of the the pressure, the first round by the expectations. And um, you got to play to win. You can't play not to lose. I'm yeah, a little concerned for- about, about the, the situation where green Bay is loose and for- playing well. And the Niners could be a little rusty and a little tight. Yeah. For green Bay, it's been a successful season already. If they lose, it's been a great successful season. So I can imagine that they're playing free without a care in the world. They're going to you know, go out there, try to have some fun. My thing is, Larry and Kevin, is uh, I'm worried about our O-line, man. Uh, outside of Trent Aaron Banks, uh, really worried about that right side. And every time Purdy has has you know thrown a lot of picks and looked uh, didn't look great, it's been, I feel like, 
that constant pressure from the interior right in his face as soon as he snaps the ball. I think Purdy's amazing under pressure. I think he's just amazing overall. Uh, but when he's constantly getting pressured in the middle, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, Mahomes in 2019 lost to the Buccaneers. So even the greatest quarterbacks in the world, man, when they're getting constantly pressured, it throw, it speeds them up. It throws off their game. Uh, and so I'm just kind of a little bit worried about the trenches. I don't know how great Packers D-line is. You said they have a bunch of first-round picks, but they might be yeah. a year or two away from truly yeah. kind of coming of age. Uh, more worried about Devontae the Wyatt. I mean, it's Devontae Wyatt and Kenny Clark are the guys inside that you really, and they're both first round picks. Um, Clark's the veteran. Wyatt's more a younger guy. And then Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith off the edges. So it, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's, they're going to have to get the ball out fast. Brock's going to have to really see the field. He's going to have to, you know, more than anything, I just, I just hate hope that he has a great week of practice so that um, he can hit the ground running. If you ask me what was the Niners' best game this year, I thought it was at, coming out of the bye week in Jacksonville against yeah. a Jaguar team that had won five in a row and yeah. didn't trail in any of those five games. And they halted Jacksonville's um, momentum early in that game and kind of reminded them that it was going to be a new day. And they need to do the exact same thing in this game with Green Bay. And it's going to be even harder to do because, you know, Lawrence's ego or, uh, um, you know, he's a little bit more fragile. Uh, Love is a little bit more rock solid. He's, a, you know, he's, he's, it's year three. It's his first full year starting, but he's a little harder to take out of his rhythm. But that taking him out of his rhythm and making him go to his second read um, and maybe taking some chances with the football, um, that's what the Niners really need to do. They're going to the coverage units are going to have to cover. I mean, if he if he drops back all day and he's just finding guys, it's going to be a long day. You know, Larry, I think the rest was huge, man. We have a veteran team. And one thing that people don't really uh, talk a lot about is how much our team had to travel this year. And we've got a lot of older veterans, man. That that uh, So coming, out, coming off of a bye, how great they looked in the beginning of the year and how great they look coming off of Jacksonville. It's no surprise to me, man, because of how you know veteran the team is and how much of a disadvantage they have playing against teams coming off of their buys. Uh, even in the team you know, against Jacksonville, they had a buy. We were coming off a buy, but they had a buy. We really had a rest disadvantage this year. NFL kind of did the Niners dirty, man. And, and you could see it. You could see it with their missed tackles as the games kind of progressed. By the sixth game of the season against the Browns, it really showed itself. And then after the bye, great stretch for three, four games, started kind of showing itself again. So we have a veteran team. I think they're going to be prepared. Purdy, I know, is going to be prepared. I mean, that kid, uh, very well-prepared kid. So I have no um, I have no worries about him. Last question. I, I know I've been uh, going a long time here, but uh, uh, it's so great talking to you guys. But last question, what makes you confident the Texans are going to take out the Ravens, man? Um, their defensive ends – there's there. I think they, if you look at um, the Texans on the back end, um, I don't like the weapons that the Ravens have offensively. I, I think the Texans are going to be able to throttle the Ravens, um, you know, down the field. Derek Stingley, uh, Steven Nelson, uh, Jalen Petrie, um, Desmond King. Those are the guys that I think are going to, they're going to win the day on the perimeter. And then Will Anderson, Greenard, 
uh, Barnett, those guys up front, I think are going to get home on the quarterback. I like the Texans defense to keep it. I like the under, if you ask me, you know, cause I think the, you know, I, I, I think the Texans are going to have a hard time scoring on that Ravens D. And I think the Ravens are going to have a hard time scoring on this, this Texans D the way they're playing. And I like the under, and I, I think, um, I'll take Stroud over Lamar right now, the way he's playing. I think he's are you ca- playing you counting on good. playoff Lamar to come rear his ugly head? Playoff Lamar? Yeah, I just think that if you can, you know, if you really have the horses to play coverage, and they do. I mean, Stingley's a stud. Stingley's a great corner. And Nelson's a veteran who's been there before. King is was incredible this week. And Petrie's a really solid, strong safety. So I like their secondary quite a bit. I think their secondary will win. And then Christian Harris is absolutely playing crazy great. But the real reason I love Houston is Stroud and those defensive ends. Their defensive ends are not going to be denied. Uh, Their defensive ends could win them the Super Bowl. I mean, Greenard, Anderson, Barnett are absolutely going to win against almost every offensive tackle combo, including what the Ravens have. So I, I like Houston. Crazy, crazy, crazy how fast they've come along. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And that's been the theme. If there's one theme, it's that the youth, you know, think we think of, uh, you know, Josh Allen and Mahomes as young. Really, it's Purdy and Stroud that are young, you know, and it's Green Bay that's young. And it's, you know, it's, um, it, it's you know, it, it, the youth of the Texans, I think, is real. So I, yeah. I was shocked at how many guys who were 23 played great this weekend. <laughs> Yeah. Archer, let us jump, man. But we appreciate you. Have a, have a All thanks right, for guys. jumping in, man. We'll hopefully do it again. Absolutely, we'll take care, guys. Have a great night. You too. There you go. Let's do two quick calls, and then we'll bolt for the door. I know Kev's got to get back to study, and we go to Jay. What's up, Jay? Hey, hey. hey what's up, Jay man? I got the beard tonight. Got the beard. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we got you, Jay. What's on your mind, man? What's up? Um... Uh, just watching the Eagles blow their whole freaking season away. That was pretty hilarious. <laughs> the Eagles were bad, man. It was yeah. amazing. It was like two teams this year. Yeah, I feel bad for the Buccaneers, too, because they're going to get smashed by Detroit. Because like playing against the Eagles is like playing against nobody. At this point. The I agree. Yeah. But um, I I was I was uh I don't I don't get your whole Green Bay thing. They're, we're they're going to get we're going to smash them next week. I hope I hope you're right. They were. No, I mean, a hundred percent. Because there's there's a specific reason. Like Shanahan don't lose to teams that come from his like coaching tree because all he has to do is basically say like, well, what do I don't like, and he just does that, and we always beat him. That's why he just doesn't lose. That's why he beats Mike McDaniel's. That's why he beats Lafleur. It's because all he does is all the stuff that he hates and just does it to them, and they fold. I I agree. I do agree. Um. Um. Plus, I, I, plus, plus, because the Packers defense is trash. Like, don't let the Cowboys fool you. The the Packers defense gave Bryce Young thirty points. Yeah. Okay, people forget that, and also people forget that they played the Vikings with Nick Mullins. They played the Panthers. Like they they've been playing and they've been playing some scrub teams, and the Cowboys just fell on their face because they're the Cowboys. I'm not. I don't believe this Jordan Love. I mean, they're a young team, but the thing about young teams. Like, because you're saying they come in, they have all this confidence. Well, also, they're coming into a boss fight because the 49ers are the boss fight in the NFC. And they're, they went, when those young teams, if you smack them in the face, they realize what's going on and they fall. That's what happens. That's what happens to Jaguars. Like, those, those young teams, and they're good until they get smacked and then they can't get back up because they, they don't, they, they, like you said, they, they don't understand the gravity of what's going on. But then they face a team that does and it's serious. 
And I just don't think the four. I just don't think the pack. I just don't think a team like the Packers could beat the 49ers. Like I, I, I feel like I, I can see them getting some shots in, but I just don't. I just cannot see it. The team you I'm worried about Tampa Bay. Actually, I'll add to Jay's point there, Dad. Yeah, Dak Prescott did give them the game in the beginning of that game. He he just gave them the ball for them to yeah. lock it in. So they, yeah. not that Jordan Love doesn't deserve praise. I yeah. I do think he's good, and I'm not saying that the Niners will lose. Definitely not that. Yeah. Dak Prescott did give the Packers pretty much just the key. Yeah, you know, and then the problem in the Packers, they don't have a real running. They can't run the ball with Tony Pollard. It seems like, and people at like their deep, their front, their the, the Cowboys are very similar to the uh, Eagles, where it's like their front seven is good, but then when you get to the secondary, it's like old Stephen Kilmore. Deshaun Bland gets a bunch of interceptions, but he's pretty. He doesn't really do anything besides interceptions. Like they, they're. I don't think the Cowboys are a good barometer for like the 49ers. I, I, and the problem is, I think the I think the Packers are going to come into this game riding high, and then they're going to get smacked. I just, it, I just, I just cannot see a, uh, a world where the Packers beat the 49ers. I, I hear you, and you make a lot of good points, Jay. The Big Twenty Five says rain in the forecast all weekend, especially Saturday. So, mm. you know, yeah. um, you know that's that. There's a randomness to that too. Yeah. Who who keeps their feet? Oh, who yeah. slips down? Um, but, uh, I, 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 I feel like the first quarter is going to give us a real good indication on this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I, I usually bet games pre before the game and not after they start, but mm-hmm. that might be the game to bet five minutes in, yeah. uh, because if, you know, if, if the Niners can get off to a lead and get the game off to the right start and settle in, I think they'll win. Uh, but I'm worried a little bit about Green Bay jumping to a to a lead, and you know, and getting into this run the ball super conservative. Love, yeah, I think they need, uh, to, I think they need to come out swinging it around to five different, seven different receivers. All this, yeah. like you know, all these little short, you know, getting getting. It's like a thousand and yeah. one paper cuts. Yeah, no. the team that scares me in the that's left is Tampa Bay, and I know it sounds crazy, but that's like, see, the week, the one weakness that I will say the 49ers have more than the mobile quarterback is that is is that dominating receivers, like actual elite receivers, hurt us. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I feel like, have the only like elite receiver left. They have Mike Evans, and in and and if you actually, I don't know if you were watching this game, but like, yeah. the, the, the the Tampa Bay should have destroyed the Eagles even more if if Mike Evans just caught two passes. I know, like he dropped that. Like Mike Evans was field. torching them, and Baker Mayfield was missing him. It was crazy. They got two number <laughs> one receivers too. Godwin's a great number one. As yeah, well. and the, the, uh, Otten's good. Like Rashad, uh, and 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 also I think Todd Bowles. Like Todd Bowles is a really good defensive coordinator, and he brings pressure. That's why I'm not. I think Detroit will win, but I think that game is going to be really close because I don't think Jared Goff's good under pressure. Like once the Rams start turning on the pressure, that's when that game started to go into like the Rams' favor. And all Todd Bowles does is is pressure. That's his whole thing. No, I hear you. I hear you. I I I like the Lions in that game just because they feel like a team of destiny. I think somebody's going to beat them. I'm not sure if it will be Tampa, but. Yeah. Um, I think they they just look awfully good at home. Jay, let me jump because we got two more we got to get to, and we got to get Kev back to his studying. Okay, man. Have a good Thanks, night. Jay. Appreciate you, Jay. Fozzie's in the house. What's up, Fozzie? What's up, Fozzie? Kevin's dad? What's up, Kev? <laughs> How you doing? Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. It's Fozzie, where are you calling from? I'm I'm in Hercules, Hercules, hmm. California, the home yeah. of Willie McGee. 
What's yeah, on your you mind? told me that last time. Yeah, I think I remember talking to you, Fozzie. I think yeah, I yeah. yeah. And then my Wi-Fi crashed, and then I had to jet. Yeah. But I, I won't take too much of uh, Kevin's dad's time here. <laughs> I know Kevin got to go study, but uh, just wanted to call in and say I know uh, I know we probably shouldn't underestimate these guys in the Green Bay Packers, but I think we got it. I mean, I know uh, rain in the forecast or whatever, but I think. Kyle Shanahan will be prepared and he'll have his guys ready to go. I mean, um, they've been, just, they'll be rested. They'll be rested. And we all know that they, they, you know, they're desperate. I mean, the Niners are feeling like this is their best opportunity at a Super Bowl, and they're probably right. Uh, they've all, ta- they've had playoff experience before. Even Brock tasted the, the difference in playoff football last year. I think he'll, even though it was only six snaps in the Philly game, he got two other games in there. Um, I think he'll be better for the experience. I think, uh, I think they're ready. I think they're absolutely ready to fire a big effort. Exactly. And, and to that point, I mean, Kyle Shanahan is, is, has been ready. I mean, building up his whole career for this moment, but you can just see it in the guys. His defense has been salivating for this the chance to be able to go make a deep run into the playoffs. His offensive guys, Ayuk, is ready to to break out of that, oh, I'm second-tier wide receiver. Let me show you what I'll do in the playoffs. Kittle has been there. He's ready to get back and show you what I'll do in the Super Bowl. He's been waiting for that moment. They're, they're, those guys are, are going to be wait, waiting and ready to play. I mean, don't get me wrong. Green Bay Packers, they earned the right to be in the position that they're at, but they can't handle a defense like, like, uh, I mean, I'm sure, uh, the quarterback for the Packers, I'm sure he's going to be great. He's going to have a go on and, but his, his tight ends haven't faced Greenlaw and Fred Warner, his, his young wide receivers. They're all their wide receivers, second, first year players. They, they're not going to, they haven't lined up like all pro or against an all pro like Charverius Ward, Ambry Thomas. He's not even known like that. He's playing some of the best ball. I mean, underrated all year. So I, I just think that Kyle Shanahan one is going to have his guys ready to go. And two, they're going to be ready without Kyle Shanahan. And then on the, on the defensive side for the Packers, sorry. No, uh, go, go for it. On the defensive side for the Packers, Imagine lining up, it's raining. You're probably, you know, you, you just came off of a, a bat or a good game against whatever six six days ago. It's Saturday now. You're playing against the best offense in the league. You're lining up against CMC. He breaks off for 10 yards. CMC breaks off for another 10 yards. And then you look up and it's Debo Samuel in the backfield. He's going to break off for another 20 yards or something like that. So they're they're going to break them down like, it's nothing, you know, just keep going at them like that. And then play action pass. Ayuk down the field, Kittle down the field, Debo down the field. I just think we got too many weapons against them. I, I think you made one point that I totally agree with, which is I think the four, the difference between the Niners and the Packers is on the second level of that defense. Now, Quay Walker had a big game last week, but Devondre Campbell can be picked on in coverage. Mm-hmm. The Niner linebackers are better and they're rested, and they're ready. And yeah. I just think Greenlaw is going to have a big game. I think Warner is going to have a big game. 
I think the Niner linebackers are going to control things on that second level against Aaron Jones. Um, and I think the Niner, I think the Niners are going to isolate and 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 some of those Green Bay linebackers and make some big, big plays on those on those backers. So that that's if you said to me, why are the Niners going to win? I would say I think Purdy's going to be smart with the football, and I think the Niner linebackers are going to rule the day. I really do. They're gr- they're not good players. They're great players. And the Green Bay linebackers are not are are a little bit subpar. Campbell is is um, you know productive player throughout his career, but he can definitely be picked on in space um, as a pass defender. And I think they will. They'll they'll isolate him and they'll make him play coverage. Um, and I think that's the major advantage for the 49ers. No, Fozzie, he, he, he jumps. Oh, go ahead. One last a, one last point before we got a jet. Yeah, he jumps the gun too a lot. I mean, I think that's where the game is going to be won. People will say like it's going to be won in the trenches, but I think if the line, the 49er linebackers can hold at least their uh, their tight ends and the running back Aaron Jones into where it's not going to be them taking away that the the middle of the field, I think we'll be all right. All right, bro. Hey, thanks for chiming in, man. Thanks, Fozzie. Cheers, Kevin's dad. Good luck. <laughs> there you go. Fozzie and Hercule. Wait, wait. Fozzie, Jeff, one last thing to say. Uh, have have a good study night tonight, man. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Fozzie, Fozzie. Hercules. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, a couple last supers. We didn't get this one before. Debo predicted it. He told all of us. I think we got that. Alan's, Alex Zubia. I think Green Bay will be tough, but I think the winning factor for us will be our recuperated health. 80 to 90% Armstead. Fresh legs with Jennings, Jair. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Alan. I think or Alex. I think uh, I think that is going to be a big difference. Kev, you got a final thought before I give people kind of the rundown of the schedule for the week? Uh, I was just going to say I really like that linebacker point because that is like that was Haperman's point. That is what Kyle Shanahan likes to do, and he did it against the Eagles. The Eagles had a very weak linebacking core, and he liked to he liked them to make the plays in space. You like to, you know, make them choose going high, ho- low or high and kind of separate them and make them play in space and kind of expose them. And, he, and Kyle's the best at that. Kyle's the best at exposing certain players with his play schemes. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Uh, we have this one in the chat, too. Uncle Eddie, 49ers, his Packer linebacker in Igbari tore the ACL. And he wouldn't mind if Jair Alexander's out. I know Alexander's not going to be 100%. We saw he had an ankle injury, and he re- he had a recurring injury in this game. All right, that is going to do it for us. We're quick in and quick out. Um, good hour plus, hour and a half here. Let me just tell people what we got cooking the rest of the week. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be down in Santa Clara. Kyle Shanahan speaks at 1130. The locker room will be open around 1145. And then tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, the great Vish Kumaran joins me for just a Krug and Vish duo extravaganza so that's coming up tomorrow night at seven o'clock um and then and then wednesday morning at 9 a.m the great previously uh mentioned guy haberman's going to join us at 9 a.m for a live stream uh i'll be down in santa clara then talking to steve wilkes chris forster brock purdy open locker room and um and then wednesday night are we gonna we'll have our call-in show wednesday night a regular call-in show thursday um Kyle Shanahan speaks at 135, and then we'll have some open locker room after that. And then at 630, we'll have the uh, the big show with Jesse and Vish and myself. Friday, 8 a.m. live stream with Damon Bruce, 1045 live stream with Chase Sr. 
4.30 live stream on Friday with Grant Cohn. We're going to go all day Friday. We may even go uh, behind enemy lines for a Green Bay reporter working on that as well. That's Friday. So we're going to be basically live all day Friday. And then Saturday morning, 9 a.m., I'll do a live stream with the coach, and then I'll be off to Santa Clara. I'll be on the air on the radio with Lo Neal, 3 to 5 p.m. on 95.7 The Game doing pregame. And then afterwards, Kev and Rye and Danny and Baller and JD and everybody will join us for the post game, and hopefully we'll be looking ahead to the division round and a likely meeting with the Detroit Lions, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks winner, which I'm predicting is going to be the Lions. So big week on the channel, um, a lot of great stuff. Kev, um, good stuff tonight, man. What, do you, what are you studying tonight? Oh, don't even remind me. Uh, soil science, soil mechanics. Architectural engineering, soil mechanics. It's really, awesome. really exciting stuff. Basically about how uh, the math around soil and how it affects construction. So that's soil and that's what I'm doing tonight. Dusty Gold says attack those books, Kev. Coffee or Red Bull? Coffee. I don't really like Red Bull. I don't I don't it's not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big Red Bull. I'm not a coffee person either. I'll I'll have some caffeine with like a Coke. But even then, I'm trying to quit that this year. So um, that does it for us. Hey, um, we did. You know, it's not. It's pretty rare that we go Monday um, call-in show, but um, I like it. You know, we mix up the days. We mixed up some of the callers, and it's always. I love taking. You know, the one my favorite thing to do on the radio was take calls, and um, my favorite thing to do on these uh, on these live streams are take calls. And because you're a, you're a man of the people. I'm a man of the peeps. That's right. Uh, as Dusty Gold said, Larry's a whiskey guy. Thank you. Whiskey. Whiskey. All right. That's going to do it for us. Maybe I'll leave that comment up as we say goodbye. Thanks to our sponsors, Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week. Uh, thanks also to Marin Autoglass, 415-883-3030. And Underdog Fantasy and Mojo Fantasy. We're going to have a couple new sponsors uh, here in, in uh, 2024. We're looking forward to telling you about that. And uh, Kev, for Kev Kruger, I'm Larry Kruger. Have a great night, everybody. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly.